p.m. everyone. Welcome to Flywheel. I'm your host, Deep by Dave, here with Sam, aka Traders Insight. And this episode is the Frax Year in Review episode. And it has been quite a year full of ups and downs, twists and turns, highs and lows. But if I had to encapsulate this year for Frax in one word, it would be perseverance. Sam, what do you think? How do you think uh, Frax uh, held out this year? I, I mean, I think that we, we're going to look at everything through the next, you know, like hour or so, I guess. But I think the mm-hmm. the result is there's just a ton of stuff that got shipped out. Like if you look at all the products yeah. that came out, I would be hard pressed to find another team in DeFi that that works as hard as the Frax team does. And this is just 2022, right? With with everything that's coming soon, with the roadmap that's coming out here in a couple of days for 2023, uh, I'm mm-hmm. just very, very surprised about how much got pushed out and really looking forward and, to what's coming. And I think you can make the argument that the Frax team over-delivered this year on their promises. Uh, at the beginning of the year, as we'll get into, the, everything was about the DeFi trinity. So it's like lending, liquidity, and currency, stablecoin, lending market, AMM. Um, not only did Frax ship that out, but they shipped out an LSD, a bridge, uh, you know, the CPI stablecoin, like they just shipped, they just shipped relentlessly, like no matter their condition. And I think it just says a lot about the team and, you know, why they're so respected in the space. Yeah. So it's, it was a big year. There's a lot to look at. We're going to go all the way from January to today, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, we are going, we're going to go deep. Yeah. Deep, 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 so- deep. So you actually pulled an all-nighter to get all this information. I, I have stayed up all night for plenty of reasons, one of which is to get this info to you. Um, ah, yeah. And to uh, begin this, I think like, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was, it was like still like top of the bowl, like lots of mania, you know, ohm, ohm forks and ohm still like all the rage and whatnot. Um and, you know, there's a lot of excitement, a lot of money still flowing around. Frax was at like an all-time high. People were super excited about the DeFi Trinity. Um, Fra- you know, FXS just got added to Convex. Like lots of excitement around Frax. And then, you know, a few threads like this, like the Central Bank of Crypto by Andrew Kang came out, um, which, you know, makes the argument of like Frax becoming the settlement layer for all stable coins in DeFi, which is pretty cool. Um, and this plays into the whole DeFi Trinity. Um, which honestly, I, I can only see DeFi through like the, like the lens of the DeFi Trinity. And like, I, once you like know what the DeFi Trinity is, you just spot it everywhere. You just spot it like, oh, this is like an incomplete Trinity. Like, oh, they have one part. Like, oh, like this is what they're doing. Like, I don't, what, what are your thoughts on uh, January? Well, this is the top of the market from some fair weather friends in Andrew. Fair weather. <laughs> fair weather friends. Fair weather. There's no, there's no Frax logo uh, in in his name anymore. Unfortunately, not. I'm going maybe, to pull up. Maybe in 2023. <laughs> maybe he'll come back. They but I remember come, yeah. this thread. This was a good thread. Uh, this really kind of broke down on a lot of the roadmap uh, that was going to yeah. happen in 2022. And Andrew was right on, right? Um, he was, yeah, he was spot on. Like this is a phenomenal thread. Um, it's important to note at this time, the circulating of supply of Frax was 1.84 billion um, and growing. 
um, at this time. It was still Mim Mania. Uh, Daniel Sesta was at the top of his main character arc um, and posed a real, I guess, threat to like all stable coins. Yeah, the whole Danny um, thing. And he almost was... took over sushi. Yeah, the whole Danny thing was just, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> just super, yeah. He's going to make and a, I, I, I think, think Danny makes him. a comeback in 2023, honestly. I don't know. He just got kicked out of Mim. Maybe he does like a new project, but like, I don't know. I mean, he's super charismatic and like, he's like, I mean, he obviously builds and ships, but he seems, seems like his own worst enemy is himself. And like, maybe he comes in like more meditated and less of an ego, but I'm not here to speculate on that. Um, yeah. Actually, I, like without Mim. Seafood. I think Mim's a, without Sifu. Yeah. yeah. Mim's a cool product. It's a cool stable coin. They, yeah. they just built, they build a more Dijon maker and I respect it. Um, but you know, we're here. We're here to talk about Frax. And at this time, Frax was like at its all-time high, forty-one dollars, um, and it was a lot of excitement. And so, let's move on to the next one. Um, we have Feb- Sam. February. We're on to February. Um, Sam spoke at ETH Denver. Um, he gave a talk about FPI and CPI. He, he, yeah, he gave a talk about the consumer price index, and he also spoke on this big panel. Um, this is notably the only conference Frax went to all year. Um, mm-hmm. They literally didn't go to anything else. That was my job, <laughs> basically. Um, and so, you know, um, it says a lot. You, yeah, uh, it does. Because you have to be Denver? wary. You, uh, no, I wasn't in yeah, Denver. Ahead. But you have to be wary of yeah. other teams that are just like constantly at uh, conferences, right? Like if you're at conferences all the mm-hmm. time, like just going from one to the other and speaking, 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 you're probably not writing code, right? You're like out on the conference circuit, like going out to dinners, and, yeah. you know, not shipping. You need right? somebody. Yeah. You need somebody at home, like looking after the fort basically. Yeah. So, you know, the core team, again, like they don't really like travel a bunch at the moment. They're not on the speaking no, circuit, but, uh, but they, they just shit, but, right? It's what you I have a feeling for, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's literally yeah. That's 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 why I get the grant money to rep them far and wide, you know. Um, but I think you'll see the Frax team a bit more at conferences this coming year. And um, yeah, pretty sure like they'll be back at ETH Denver, and Sam has like a nice talk about stable coins coming up there too. So, but anyways, moving on. Um, I think this year was the first year you saw um, different protocols build around Frax. Um, for example, Pitch Money um, has, uh, you know, VEFXS holders, you know, earn cash flow through active governance. Protocols should be, you know, able to incentivize liquidity from their Frax gauges. So, you know, now this is like the Vodium layer on Frax. This is like their proof of concept. So, you know, different, you know, you saw Pitch, you saw like Hidden Hand, like different protocols building around Frax, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, Pitch launched at a really nice time, just when Convex was kind of coming into it. And they were right in a, a nice sweet spot to pick up a bunch of Frax share into the treasury. But we right. should have we should have the Pitch guys back on to come talk about the roadmap for 2023. Uh, yeah. At, I, they have some exciting stuff d- down in the pipeline. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's still... It's still okay. Making sure, like, still screen share. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Next we're up, good. Uh, we're good. I think I like I put this in. Um, you know, Frax being a base asset because I think this is like an important part of Frax's evolution as a stablecoin 
being a base asset for pairs, whether it's, you know, with Silo, with Vesta, um, you know, like if you're a base asset, then like you're the one that everyone settles with. So I thought this was an important milestone to put in, um, you know, like the fact that like more protocols are like looking towards Frax as a base asset. You know, you saw it with Olympus last year, you saw it with like all the Elm Forks, like Temple Dow and whatnot. And now, um, you know, you saw it earlier this year back in, uh, oh, sorry, friends were saying hi. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, and then you saw it back in March. Um, and at this time, um, Frax reached its all time high in circulating supply at 2.9 billion Frax. It's a lot. We're going to break it this year. We're going to get back to all time highs this year in 2023. You think we're going to break it this year? Yeah, of course. Like, look, we're going to come. Yeah. It, it, assuming, assuming Frax gets a FedMaster account, right? Right. The, the base yield mm -hmm. on Frax goes to 4%. Because or like whatever the short-term interest rate is, because all that all that cash that just sits in the treasury could be swapped out to like let's do swap all the USDC to like Frax USD, right? Actual Frax USD, mm -hmm. uh, and then that just sits in a, a bank account somewhere, and then the yield, the base yield for Frax becomes four percent, and then a lot of money could flow in. It'd be very good. So we'll see what happens in, once that comes around later in the year. Yeah. I'm really excited to see that develop. Like, and I don't think, I think people are overestimating how difficult it is to get a master account. Um, I don't think, I mean, it's definitely hard. It's definitely difficult. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't think it's as like challenging as people say it is. Yeah. Well, I think the, I think the thing to think about is like competitive, like you're essentially creating competitor to USDC in some respects. So, um, we'll, I'm very excited to see how that comes for, but, uh, yeah, I mean this, yeah be interesting to see how it like plays out in models. And that's something like we can talk about more later um, as you know, in, in this uh, year in review, but we got up next, who could forget this, the four pool, the <laughs> full pool, four pool mania. Stable Quan. Okay. Stable Quan. So Danny arc ends Sifu, um, you know, Sifu thing happens. Mim like goes down a lot in TVL. Um, Danny no longer main character. Um, next up, Dil Kwan gets super cocky at the beginning of the year. Uh, yeah, it was kind of insane thinking about like how Doe was acting on Twitter and kind of like seeing all like the, like the lunatic army just follow suit after him, just being like absolute dicks. I, just, I don't know, I don't know how, to, how else to say it, but like uh, he was like a he just was master of the universe and like just do, could do whatever he wanted, he could say whatever he wanted, you know. Luna was just going up. They were like raising rounds left and right. They were, you know, they had all the hype, all like, you know, all the buy-in, like everybody was all about, you know, Algo stables, this and that. Um, and like, and then, um, you know, we reached this point with uh, the four pool and, uh, you know, Frax joins it. And I think there was this one interesting tweet. I might've like have it here, but it's, it, it went something like Frax is like, trying to be like more like Luna and Luna trying to be more like Frax, but more so Luna being more like Frax because they had like the BTC collateral, this and that. Um, Sam, what are your takes of the whole like Luna, like Luna at the beginning of the year and up until the four pool? I feel like Frax got dragged into the four pool only because of Luna's size. Um, I, think, I think so too. Yeah, remembering back onto the chat in Telegram, I think Sam was always very hesitant 
to kind of pair Frax with the Luna model. And as Luna kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger, I don't think he actually wanted to have the four pool uh, with with Luna, right? It was it was only because Luna kind of I, I my take on it is is that because Luna had acquired so much curve and so much convex, they had become the primary competitor in the curve mm-hmm. wars, and so I think Frax got forced into the four pool. At least this is what I tell myself because uh, Luna came to Frax and was like, look, you know, let's stop with all this like bribe nonsense, figure out how to consolidate our power and then and work we can, together and work together somehow. And I think mm-hmm. that was enough uh, at where the market was at the time to convince Sam to go ahead with this four pool. But I don't, I don't yeah. think it was, a, I don't, I, and it, it was a bad idea. That, it was a bad idea yeah. in hindsight. I mean, look, I get it. I get it from an economic sense at the time it made sense. And, you know, maybe if the four pool had worked out, like it, it, it would have been great for everybody. And, you know, uh, Luna wouldn't have collapsed when it did. Um, but it really, it really associated Frax with, with Luna at the time. And I think it, it kind of put a bad cloud over us, which is going to take another, you know, cycle to, to work out of. This is like the beginning of April. April is like probably the most active month of the year for Frax. Um, my opinion on Luna is I think they were gen- like besides Doquan's behavior, like I think they were genuinely trying to build a stable coin um, and just kind of got like in over their heads. And they were trying to, like I said earlier, like actually like transition towards the Frax model um, and kind of have a soft landing that never happened. Um, yeah. And so it just like, I mean, it's just one of those cases just flew too too close to the sun. Um, but well, uh, I don't I think say look, at this time. I look. I think yeah, Sam's a really smart, yeah. Sam's a really smart guy. I'm pretty sure that he understood the Luna model, and that's why mm-hmm. his he was hesitant to really push towards any sort of like major partnership. And they, you know, um, I think that having seen all the other collapses during Algo Stable Summer in 2021. It was pretty evident that Luna was going to have to be like completely special, and and not be, and not revert to the mean, right? To be like all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it did, and we got kind of like lumped into Fraxes and Algo Stable as well too. It's going to collapse at the time, but that that sell off, yeah, you know, only proved the resiliency of the of the peg, which I think will be good for the next cycle. We'll we'll visit that. We'll talk about that later because that happens in May. We're still on April. I want to also mm. say FXS around this time because of all the Luna Moon boys, it reached near its all-time high of thirty-eight. Like it's around like thirty-eight dollars around April. And I put this in just to like kind of give people a picture of like how like you know Frax was like deploying in the voter incentive bribe economy. Um, like at this like April third, nine point five million dollar bribe on Convex. Wow. <laughs> like they, this was like the like this was the uh talk about flywheel this was the flywheel for like the long for the longest time and it was a very profitable one um and like just thinking about that like later on like, i mean like right i mean think about that like right now that's really ridiculous <laughs> like 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 this was the system that ended up working and i think it says a lot to like how like curve evolved and how kind of like you know convex built 
on top of it and like how fraction recognized convex early on in 2021. And then we're at this point in April where like, boom, like $9.5 million bribe. Um, What are your thoughts on like the whole convex flywheel? Well, remember we talked about in our 2023 predictions that like there has to be a competitor in the curve wars because Mm -hmm. this is the reason why that look at this. We were dropping $9.5 million as a bribe. Terra was dropping $5.2 million as a bribe during that time. So yeah, it, it goes hand in hand. Like you need to have mm-hmm. you need to have a competitor there. Uh, you can't just have a monopolized system inside of Curve and Convex where there's only one major mm-hmm. briber. Like you have to have multiple people bribing uh, to to really drive a lot of growth in in mm-hmm. the LP pools. And so you know, I don't I don't really see this as too out of line, right? Because like if you're looking at it, it's the two biggest protocols, the two biggest stablecoin protocols uh, that had that were deploying money really competing at the time. And it's what led to the creation of the four pool as well, too, because they probably looked at, I'm sure both teams looked at the numbers and were like, Hey, we're spending, you know, yeah. millions this of dollars. This is like a race to zero. Yeah. This yeah, is like a zero sum game right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just, let's just partner up and then we can, you know, figure out the four pool later. Yeah. Uh, moving on. I, I put this in uh, because this is a real interesting article about like Frax planning to buy like, L1 tokens that would be used as collateral back, you know, reserve collateral backing fracks, as well as them exploring real world assets. And I think this is notable because this did not end up happening. And in fact, fracks did a completely different pivot where the only real world asset they care about is the Fed master account. So yeah. it's just, you know, evolution, like you have to, you have to be nimble. You have to be able to adjust and, um, you know, things changed since April. Yeah, it, it's definitely hindsight is definitely twenty twenty, and it's it's interesting to mm-hmm. see the the hindsight change. is twenty twenty two, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty three. Yeah. So, um, also in April, um, so this was like really like peak like frax mania. I think was like April in terms of like mainstream kind of like going out to the mainstream because, you know, be, be beyond like the four pool, like there was an airdrop, the FPIS airdrop happened. Um, and that was pretty cool for all the Frax holders and Frax Willis, uh and all the people on Convex, um, you know, Frax and their, you know, like I said, like FPI was a big topic for Frax in the beginning of the year. Sam talked about it. Um, and there was like a lot of interest because of the rising interest rates. Um, and so, you know, when FPIS you know, had their FBIS had the airdrop, you know, had a lot of discussion. There were a lot of threaders threading about the CPI uh, peg stablecoin. And um, I just like, and right now, like, I'm not sure like how much progress we've seen on FPI. It is earning yield. It is working and they do have a oh, yeah. surplus. They're earning yield. And so they, it is like doing its job um, from farming that the curve, it's the curve FPI frax pool, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it is work. It's gonna be interesting to see like how FPI evolves and like what the plan for adoption is for FPI. So I'm uh, a. What are your I'm thoughts a, on like? I'm a two minds. You're a big FPI I, guy. Well, I look. I, I'm mm-hmm. going back to the airdrop. Let me ask you two questions, right? Um, mm-hmm. In again, hindsight is 2022, but would you, I don't I don't know if they should have unlocked FPIs at the top of the market uh, because the it came out. It was trading at like 12 bucks, which is like $120 million 
uh, circulated market cap, $1.2 billion yeah. fully diluted. Uh, and it was just only down only from there. Uh, well, it, like, yeah, well, if you, th yeah, if you think about it, everyone was like begging for the airdrop. Like they announced it back in like 2021, people are like, when airdrop, when airdrop, when airdrop. So, you know, it wasn't like they were going to, if they delayed it more and more then you know, I'm not sure if, I don't know if there's ever a right time. Like, you know I, I think I mean? they probably could have airdropped it, but at the same time, I don't know if they had to unlock it at the time. Right. Because like, what, mm -hmm. what would like, there's still like, we don't have VPI or VFPIS yet. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, what was the, what was the reason? Yet. Yeah. What was the reason for unlocking FPIS at the time? Like you could have, if they had saved it until the contracts were ready, um, especially down here in the, in the bear market, maybe that would have been a better, mm -hmm. uh, better narrative at the time. But, you know, again, yeah. hindsight's 2020 at, at the time it felt great like, at the time it was, you know, the vibes were great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Like, look at this first. Look at this first response. My my Angus is peppered. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if like they airdropped it because they made some deal with. I mean, they obviously made a deal with Convex, so like CVX, FXS can claim. But like, I wonder like as part of the deal with Convex, they were like, "Oh, we're going to airdrop at this time." Mm -hmm. I'm just speculating, so I I don't know. But it was a fun time. Um, also, that month we had the launch of FraxSwap. Um, which came out pretty fast, honestly, like considering everything else. Uh, first TWAM to market, um, you know, built with a purpose, yeah, built with a purpose, which is to buy in large orders to do, to perform monetary policy on chain, such as buybacks, which Frax is doing right now. So Frax swap, first part of the DeFi Trinity out, pretty sick. Um, any thoughts about Frax swap's launcher, where Frax, Frax swap is now? Yeah, I mean, FraxSwap has been great. Uh, you know, a lot of the liquidity has moved in there. Um, that is mm -hmm. like internal, right? Like the Frax shares liquidity. Uh, the TWAM mm -hmm. stuff, I think there's a lot of growth that can happen there. Like you you think about, you know, why can't why can't you have interest bearing in TWAM orders uh, at some mm -hmm. point? Like if you're going to be in stable. Yeah, that sounds so like ben yeah. yeah, that sounds like Benso Box that Sushi did. Or yeah. like what they tried to do. Like, you know, yeah. oh, you're... Honestly, because it's a Uni V2 model, like, yeah, they could probably do something where, like, you have interest-bearing LP tokens. But I never really – I heard about people building that, but I don't know if it, like, really took off or it has been, like, widely used. And I'm not sure it's just because it hasn't hit. It wasn't, like – or, like, it was only, like, 90% done or, like, why, mm -hmm. like, that hasn't really become a big thing. Like, interest-bearing LP tokens for, like, unused liquidity. Yeah, I think the – in I think it will – see more growth in 2023 i heard something about like uh well because the uniswap v3 contract is going open here in, in oh yeah three i can't so maybe, believe maybe, it's been two years <laughs> since yeah. uni v3 launched yeah so maybe Let's maybe go, we'll see concentrated fly, fly. liquidity inside of uh frack swap yeah. in 2023 i know sam's talked yeah. about it before so yeah he has mentioned that next we have a hidden hand the rollout of v2 as we mentioned earlier different protocols building around FRAX, um, these different vote incentive markets, one of them being Redacted's, Redacted's hidden hand product. And so definitely notable pointing that out. Um, we had Sammy on uh, earlier this year, honestly, one of my favorite interviews. I, I felt like we had a really good conversation builder to builder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. cool. We'll, we'll have to have him back on to talk about the roadmap for 2023. Yeah. Very curious what happens after Shanghai and 
what he has planned for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, also very notable. Um, I think Sam being on Bankless, uh, when it was four pool mania, like I remember reading about the four pool in like the wall street journal, it was in Bloomberg, like terror was all over the news and like Frax was a part of it. And they were, it kind of like elevated Frax to a new level, just being a part of Terra. Um, and then like, you know, Bankless covered it for their state of the nation. Um, and it's really cool seeing Sam just frax built David and Ryan on air. And I think he like definitely shares a lot of the same values in terms of like on being on chain and decentralization um, as Bankless and like the Ethereum ethos in general. So this was a, what do you think of this interview? Uh, I, it was good to see Bankless giving some positive press uh, for, yeah. for once in Frax's life, like coming into <laughs> this, like Bankless just kind of, no-showed Frax for about a year and a half up until yeah. this, right? Like it was yeah, just I, conspicuously absent from everything, right? I probably, I probably saw like Faye like two times and you see like, I saw Olympus a few times, Ferrari guys a few times. Da like um, died like a lot. Die, but, die yeah. a lot, obviously. Like, but no love for Frax. Um, but until this was a change, but this was, this was a sea change. This mm -hmm. was Sam coming in and actually getting like an hour to speak with the guys. Uh, yeah. And, and I, the I, month and I was, yeah. Wait, what are you going to say? Uh, and I think you made a great impression coming through here. You know, the, I think it's yeah. one of those things where the more that you, you can be a little bit dismissive, but once you start actually speaking with Sam and, and understanding mm -hmm. that, you know, there, there is a really good vision and that they're building something really smart here. Uh, that I, th I think they came away uh, in a much better understanding after that. Yeah. And I think we have to give credit where credit's due. Um, and like shout out to the bankless guys for having Frax on the month before they added uh, Frax to the GMI index um, that bankless runs with index group at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a really good interview, really good way for, you know, Frax to reach a wider target audience. So yeah, definitely kudos to them. We have the launch of the four pool, which first launched on Phantom on 420. Um, you know, monumental moment because uh, of all the hype around the four pool. And then it's, you know, it's interesting that they just, they launched it first on Phantom and they launched it first on, you know, the side chains because it went from Phantom to Optimism and they like receding liquidity slowly, slowly and like just doing a gradual transition, um, you know, still like, terror mania at this time um and so any thoughts about this well i yeah phantom was really peaking at that time as well too that was peak phantom mm -hmm. at the time i yeah. forgot about this was this actually. solidly time was this solidly no, time was, too i think it was right before solidly um mm -hmm. this was this was just like peak phantom oh. phantom went from like two dollars to like 20 or something like that and it was mm -hmm. really doing really just like everybody was talking about phantom yeah. Interesting. And then, uh, oh, but yeah, so that was, right, um, the four poor launch. We are on to May. To May. And May was the month where it all went down and the uh, collapse of terror happened, um, which I think is one of the most well executed conspiracies of all time. Well, I guess did they, did they say that it was like, Alameda that did it in the end, but like, was that confirmed or not? I thought it was Celsius. I thought it was Celsius. Or Celsius. Like, so, 
Yeah, that did it. Okay, so it's still like unconfirmed. So like <laughs> that means it's a good conspiracy when you don't know who do, who did it. <laughs> Actually, it was Frax. It was Frax taking out its biggest competitor at the time <laughs> by. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> just, um, reducing reducing yeah. liquidity in the in the Terra pool enough so that they could, you know, depeg them. I mean, you know, I, send it to zero. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but to like recap what like actually happened, um, some you know they were moving liquidity from the. Luna was moving liquidity from the three pools to the four pool. Liquidity was thin. And there's there was some account or some like, you know, group of people or agent, you know, on chain that had been like accumulating a bunch of terror like over the months. And when they saw that liquidity was thin, they knocked the first domino like around like May 8th or May 9th or something around that time. And then it, it was just a roller coaster all the way down, like every other algo stable where it's like, Goes down a little bit, and then goes back up, and then goes down a lot more, and then goes back up, like the standard roller coaster down. Um, and around this time, it was just like absolute open season on all stable coins. Like once, like there was blood in the water, everyone just tried to attack and depeg stable coins. But you know, Frax, with the way they built Frax the stable coin with the AMOs and how they engineered it, it kept its peg. It kept its peg and was able to scale down safely. Um, what are your thoughts around like the terror DPEG? Well, I and think how Frax reacted to it. Yeah, so we essentially at the end of the day, you had two, two different models. So Frax's choice was let's have everything on chain and let's lock liquidity. We don't need to have off chain market makers on these centralized exchanges that we're essentially providing loans to, uh, to yeah. make markets. Uh, and Luna took the opposite one where it's like, you know, we're going to have all these huge market makers like Wintermute and a bunch of other ones. It was mainly just, Jump. It was mainly Jump. Yeah, Jump. Yeah, we're just going to give Jump like billions of dollars of UST and other assets that we have. And we're just going to send them off to like Binance and whatever other exchanges want to trade it and just let them go. Right. And that's how we're going to manage yeah. our liquidity. And I think their on chain liquidity was actually pretty thin. To, to it be was. fair, and if yeah. they had like high, again hindsight twenty twenty two, but if they had just had an AMO system that was able to mint unbacked UST and put it into the curve contract, never would have happened, right? I saw some analysis afterwards that that had they paired with Frax at the time, it would have almost been unbreakable uh, because they would have had mm -hmm. two point four billion dollars worth of liquidity. And some of the bigger sales that were going through were like 300 to 400 million. So, uh, what do you mean, two point? It paired with Frax, weren't they just paired with Frax in the four pool? Well, the total size of the four pool would have been like $2 billion or $2.5 billion oh, okay. post, post mm -hmm. transfer. Like, once Frax fully deployed its AMO funds into the four pool, and also once, uh, Terra moved their entire liquidity because I think they had like six or 700 or maybe, no, it was probably more. I think Terra had like close to a billion dollars worth of liquidity. We had a billion dollars worth of liquidity in the uh, Frax three pool. They had the Terra three pool. Uh, and then Doe came out and said, by my hand, die will die. Or oh yeah. Like that. You remember that? Yeah. And I do remember that. Yeah. Well, Doe. That's a little extreme there. We're all friends. The, yeah. We're all stable. Yes, the idea was to kind of jettison die and essentially move to USDC, USDT, uh, UST, and Frax. 
and mm -hmm. uh, kind of put Dai back in its place as this this uh, useless stablecoin, as Doe thought at the time. Uh, and <laughs> maybe it would have worked. Just... I mean, it, maybe it would have worked. Like when AMO, like if there was a couple of billion dollars in the in the four pool, maybe it would have worked. Who knows? Yeah. Just, I just remember Doe making those absurd bets with random anons on Twitter, <laughs> like a million dollars, $10 million. Like, man, <laughs> like you could just like write the script of the downfall from that. Um, but yeah, Terra collapsed. And this was really a turning point, not just for Frax, but for the entire market. Like so many people were just zombies after this. And, you know, we didn't feel the full effects of the tariff fallout till like later on, whether it was through 3HC or even FTX, Celsius, all that. Um, so May, Terra collapses, Frax maintains PEG, um, gets Lindy, gets stronger. Um, and the circulating supply of Frax crashes from 2.63 billion to 1.4 billion Frax. And to make in a like proper stablecoin in like a week, right. yeah. a proper stablecoin, not only has to scale up, but needs to scale down effectively as well. Next up. Um, next up, we're in June. Um, and this was a real turning point for Frax. Like, uh, there was like because a- Haim appeared? Yeah. Haim appeared. <laughs> Haim because appeared. yes, Haim did appear. Our good friend Haim, who put Flywheel on the map. So like, shout out Haim. Like, thank you for that. Um, probably like one of our most watched interviews, even to this day, like people still come up to me with that. Um, but like, the, I think just like the tone of Frax and everything changed. Um, June, and, you know, what I write in the article is like in the ashes, from the ashes of Terra, you had like Frax BP proposed and the CRV light, whitelist proposed for Frax. Uh, and you had Frax experimenting with an Ethereum validator. Uh, you know, Haim was paying attention early on. And this is when I like found Haim. Haim had like 500 followers, I swear. And I saw him write all these <laughs> threads. I'm like, this guy is like a machine. And these are like detailed, deep threads. And I just like, I remember I just like reached out to him. I'm like, dude, I love your work. And uh, that's how we became friends and how he came on Flywheel. And then the Haim phenomenon started. And now he's growth out of mommy. And, you know, we love to see it. We got to have Haim back on again. Yeah. That'd be cool to have Haim and Alex on to, for them to like talk about, um, you know, what they're doing on Umami. That, you know, write a note for that. Um, also, um, any thoughts about like, kind of like, you know, the beginning of like the ETH validator for Frax? Well, this is the, this is the base pool thing, right? Also the ETH validator. Yeah. Yeah. There's the Frax BP ETH validator. Frax is doing, even like in the ashes of terror, like, they really just got into like, okay, we got to like hunker down and ship. Like, okay, we like, we managed, you know, scaling down Frax, but now it's like to actually focus on what's important, whether it's like the DeFi Trinity and integrating further with the stronghold, which is Curve. Yeah. So I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, the Curve takeover model is great and that it should be applied more. Uh, if you think about like all the other different DEXs and other protocols around uh, in DeFi on different chains as mm -hmm. well too, uh, I, I like I think that the the curve model works and that we should be deploying it elsewhere. You know, since we have all this frax that can go into these different contracts, the model is good. 
and maybe in 2023 that's what that's what happens uh, but what do you mean by the curve model like curve amo well just deploying deploying amo funds into uh defi protocols to gain a huge share like five to six seven ten percent of the governance tokens uh through yield do you think farming. there's any def defi protocols out there right now that are worth doing that for uh, what's the solid, what's the solidly one that's getting built on Arbitrum? Um, it's the, we actually have a pool for it on Frax right now. Um, and I think I'm we, not, I'm not sure. That's right. I'll find it. I'll find it while we're talking. Um, yeah. but it's, I think, I think there's a couple of like, I, if you think, yeah. if you think about the cross chain stuff, it's mostly like we have a really good, uh, foothold in on ETH right now. But I think there's an opportunity mm -hmm. to really make a mark on every other chain as well, too. Now that Frax Ferry is kind of like up and, and working. Yeah, I think. But also, I think it's time to focus on the chains where there's actually action. And you shouldn't mm -hmm. just go to like any chain that exists. Like, I think like priorities, and I've been saying this since the summer, should be Arbitrum. Um, and I think there's definitely been progress made there between like, you know, it's included in Fraxes and GLP, um, yeah. you know, base pair with Vesta. Um, but there's definitely like more that can happen. And, um, you know, you wrote the article with Gamma Swap, which we're like both huge fans of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Gamma Swap seems really cool. The, the Dex was actually, um, I just had it up. It's, uh, it's Velodrome on Optimism. Oh, uh, Velodrome. Yes. I know. Well, no, yeah. Velodrome is on Optimism. Yeah. 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 So they, that actually launched in, in June or July. Yeah. Yeah. So now that, now that, uh, uh, the Frax Ferry to Optimism is up. We definitely should have some larger uh, AMO deployment there. I, yeah. I think that I think this is I think this is going to be a big governance topic in the next in the next year. Is like where to deploy? Getting well, getting more granular about AMO deployment and and how aggressive mm -hmm. or conservative uh, the DAO wants to be in, with those funds. Yeah, uh, that will be because in the bear market. Well. In the bear market, everybody's going to be super conservative, but. In the in the next cycle, I mean, it could be the case that we get really aggressive in in AMO deployments. And if Fraction can get a piece of all these like early protocols, like mm -hmm. that'd be really, really good. It'd be a really good thing. Uh, I just want to say like one thing with like Fraxeth. I remember back in April, I hosted the first Fraximalist meetup in Amsterdam. Uh, we had fifteen guys come in. Uh, you know. We actually made like somebody made sweatshirts. Shout out to you know DeFi Degen, um, and um, I actually had Sam on Facetime, and <laughs> Sam that's when he first announced Frax ETH and that they were looking <laughs> into it was in April at the Fraxos meetup, and then in June that's oh, when amazing. they had the uh, first Speak Invalidator live. So yeah, they've been thinking about that for a while. It's like oh, it's just another stablecoin. So what if we come out? I mean, staking derivatives are just another stablecoin. Why don't we mm -hmm. just come out with our own? Um, and then. We can't forget this. We all start somewhere. June 9th. It's when Flywheel launched. <laughs> wow. So, that that went really quick. It, I know. It's been six months um, since we launched. Um, you know, and we're another thing that came out of the ashes of Terra. I remember when that happened, I kind of went into like, okay, we need to do something mode. And I just made all these random groups with like people in the Frax community and, you know, we had made one podcast group among other things and you and Kit were the ones, you know, that put in the work and here we are with the flywheel podcast. 
Yeah. It's June. Our one year anniversary wow. is going to be a, a huge, huge celebration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what else we got next? Um, I think this is big news. The proposed $20 million buyback, um, you know, when there was a lot of shorting going on in the wake of the terror collapse and Sam dropped that proposal for the buyback, which passed and they ended up buying back $2 million worth of FXS. They still have $18 million in the, in the tank to deploy over their, you know, the next, how many, so months or years. So, you know, you know, very, um, ballsy move, very, like ch very Chad move when everyone's trying to sell tokens. I remember Lido was trying to sell tokens to VC, like other things like practice is like, no, we're doing a fucking buyback <laughs> at these prices. So, you know, that says a lot. I think it was one of those things where, uh, it's almost fed like where the, the they they came out and they announced the buyback when the narrative around Luna was really bad and everybody was just mm -hmm. shorting everything to the ground uh, and they essentially came out and said like hey we're going to buy 20 million dollars and they only bought two but it was enough to drive the market back up to like 8 bucks 7 8 bucks on the pair it was yeah and they mm -hmm. they still have so much left in the tank but like i don't who knows like it's like up to their discretion and like, they don't want to get front run. So they're being very, you know, closed mouth about it, but $18 million to buy back FXS. That's like, you know, that's a lot. <laughs> I want, so like, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, next up, ah, a little bit of fun. Um, <laughs> I just thought this was just so fucking funny. Like just at the beginning of the bear, especially in the wake of Luna, you just have like a bunch of stable bulls, just storm Twitter. And just just shit post and entertain everyone. It was just really fucking funny. Oh my god! I remember as an NFT NYC like seeing this, and I was just dying laughing. At, like all, all of them were just so ridiculous, and yeah, um, they're Who's apparently all one bowl? person. Oh <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My favorite bowl was um, Arizona Ice Tea Bowl. Honestly. I mean, Frax. I obviously like Frax Bowl a little bit, but Arizona Ice Tea Bowl for sure. But yeah, you know. The stable bowl phenomenon. And um, can't forget that. That was a lot of fun. Um, I think this was worth uh, mentioning. Uh, the uh, Robert Sam's, Sam K, past, present, future of Stablecoins episode was a landmark episode for Flywheel. Um, having two just like such heavyweights in the field. Robert Sam's, who literally wrote the white paper on senior shares, Stablecoins, and Sam, who is like arguably had the best practical implementation of his white paper and then going back and forth. That was a really special interview. And uh, yeah, thanks for getting Robert on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was really nice to have Robert there. He's, uh, uh, I mean, he's just, his, his ideas have permeated so far in DeFi and, and through the algo stable world. And it was just nice to hear him talk about his yeah. reflections on what has happened since he, he published the paper. Yeah. And like, my brain hurt after the podcast. It was just so much information to take in. And I'm just like, all right. Yeah. Okay. It was really interesting though, but, um, you know, it'd be cool to have him on again. We had Sam on a few times after this too. So, you know, see what happens there. Um, also Sam, he gave, I remember Sam's introduction was like 10 minutes long, giving all the context <laughs> to like, it was like, it was a very dense introduction, but it was actually quite necessary. And then like my favorite part about that podcast was how they were bouncing like 
back and forth at the end because they both got comfortable and like we, me and Kit didn't even need to talk. That yeah, was a good one. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. And then, um, oh yeah, fucking Frax BP launched the Frax yeah. USDC pool, the <laughs> Frax base pool launched um, in that time, and you know Frax USDC. Frax becomes a base pair in the Curve protocol. They won the Curve war at the protocol level. So this was a big moment for sure. And it will because I, I, know. I mean, what, what else is going to be getting a yeah. meta pool at any time, right? Exactly. I don't, maybe, I mean, well, we heard the uh, interview with Curve Market Cap. You know, he was saying like a decentralized pool oh, right. with uh, CRV, USD, and Frax. Which is actually an interesting concept. Like, I I wonder like with what you're gonna fees. do with CRV, with zero fees, like you know to bootstrap adoption, you know, to for like non-reliant fiat stablecoins. So, but I think one thing we learned with like Frax base pools, like it's like one thing to get a base pool, but it's like another thing to get like you know volume and action towards the base pool, which Frax has been doing. But you know the three pool is still such like so entrenched in the curve protocol that. It's a gradual transition, so I'm not sure. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm not sure how much it's in their interest to have like a bunch of base pools because that just splits liquidity everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it made so. sense. I mean, it made sense for Frax to create the Frax base pool because we were paying an mm -hmm. insane amount of bribes to die at the time. Exactly. Yeah, it, it it made sense. It made sense for Frax. Made sense for Curve. Made sense for Convex. You know. Definitely a winning arrangement. Um, next up, what I really liked about July was it was just all about Fraxland, Fraxland Alpha. Like, you know, Harvey Milk, one of these threaders out there, you know, went in <laughs> and wrote a thread about, and like, not, he, he didn't write a thread. It was 0xD24 wrote his thread about Fraxland. I'm just like, whoa. Like, he <laughs> looked at like every part. He like understood like how it worked before anything was announced. Um, and, you know, Crypto Condom, shout out to them um, for uh, recognizing as well. Um, next up, uh, we had the Fraxless meetup in Paris. That This was a lot of fun. Um, we had like 30 people show up to this and we had the Frax sweatpants. Some memories. We had like a, we had a crowd out here. Um, I, I guess, what was it like watching this? Like when you saw this? <laughs> Well, it was it was cool to see a, a lot of people just show up in the depths of the bear market, right? Uh, when the yeah. vibes were so bad. I mean, what you had like thirty people here, forty people. Yeah, there was a, there was a crowd here. Yeah, I, I remember I wrote a speech. I wrote it in like because I just procrastinate really bad at things. I wrote I probably wrote it in like twenty minutes, um, and I just try to like put context into everything, like why we're here. Um, there's a video of the speech somewhere, and then I did a trivia for giving away the frack sweatpants. So. <laughs> that was a lot of fun getting merch out there. We're gonna have to like get more merch out there for the people too, because there's really not 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 too much Frax merch yet. But it's coming. We can fix it's that. Coming. It's coming. Um, next up, we have the Fraxland interview. Everything you need about about Fraxland, which is was one of our most viewed interviews, because this was the only place for Alpha for Fraxland. And you know, Drake was a phenomenal guest. Um, one of our first two-hour podcasts, and we just go in on Fraxland, like every nook and cranny about it. Um, what did you think of this interview? Well, it was cool. I mean, it, it, Drake's really, I think he's a really good spokesman for, for Frax. Mm -hmm. uh, 
he's you know very experienced in the field uh, and he's really knowledgeable about how everything in the protocol works. And I think that, you know, both him, well, I, I, he does a great job of explaining things. Right. And it was really nice to have him on and get his thoughts about kind of the broader market and also what was mm-hmm. being built in, in Fraxlin and kind of what was on the, he also had some really good insights about like what was happening in the mind of Sam and what mm-hmm. was driving, driving forward. So, uh, Drake always has an open yeah. invitation to come back to the flywheel anytime he wants. Absolutely. Yeah. Both like what's going on in the mind of Sam, what was the inspiration for Fraxland, you know, what they took from like prior protocols that did similar things, whether it was like Kashi or some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, we just chopped it up at the end about the most random stuff. Like we really got into like everything from diet to like body ha- biohacking and stuff. So definitely a fun, fun interview. And, you know, if you haven't watched it and you want to learn about Fraxland and have a nice listen, highly recommend. Yeah, we have Drake over here. Yeah, we really got some good views on this one. Um, we're on to August. That was July. And August was the uh, the Faye debacle. Uh, so for those who need a little refresher, basically, Faye merged with Rari. Uh, they like basically took over the Fuse product. Fuse got hacked for $80 million, $12, $13 million drained of Frax. That was um, protocol-owned liquidity. And, um, you know, they said they were going to pay it back. They, like, passed the governance proposal to pay it back. And then there was, like, a board of directors, like, no, 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 we need a revote. It didn't pass. And then when they revoted again, basically, they said no. And then there was radio silence for two months. And after they – this new proposal came out, which would only pay Frax pennies on the dollar of what they lost. And, um, you know, Sam doesn't really thread much or talk much on Twitter. He's not one for attention. And so like when he wrote a thread about this, you knew, you knew something was up and you knew, you know, it was, you had to listen and by the engagement, like those numbers don't lie. Yeah. We also passed that governance proposal allocating up to $5 million to legal fees, uh, to recover the funds. I'm yeah, sure. I remember that. Yeah, and I like, think I think that was a nice shot across the bow, right? Because I don't know, if, I don't think we ever deployed any of those funds, but it showed the Rari team, the Fate, Fate team, that uh, we were serious about getting those funds back, and that I uh, think, yeah, I, I, they, I'm, they, yeah, they could have chose. Yeah, they, 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 it brought them to the negotiating table, and eventually led to the settlement. Uh, I think we made what a, a two million dollar bribe with yeah olympus uh to get yeah it was like back yeah we got like a little over half back and you know i love how this was all done on chain you know this i didn't have to go to courts like it was Mm -hmm. literally done with in like two months and to think about mount gox is still being handled through the courts like i can't imagine how much of a mess this would be so you know it did reach you know you know the pressure was put on it did reach you know a nice conclusion um but, you know, Sam was really serious about this. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Defiant wrote about it as well. And then, um, you know, oh, yeah, the whole tornado cash debacle, of course. Um, that made everyone scared shitless of USDC because USDC blacklisted tornado cash. And there's 70K of USDC in tornado cash. And, you know, ask the wider questions of like anything that touches USDC, is it safe from, you know, being blacklisted? And, you know, 
And like now what we like to say is Frax isn't wrap USDC. Frax is backed by DeFi with all the AMOs in action. Um, but I actually wrote this article for the Defiant inspired by the whole tornado cash debacle. And what I try and argue in it is that in fact, Maker and Frax actually hold this like very interesting position because of their design of being like, you know, prioritizing uh, both like staying pegged and also scaling up. So they have like exposure to USDC and this puts them in this like middle position between like completely centralized, like Tether and USDC, but also like definitely not like LUSD and Rye and other stable coins. But it, because of its position, it allows those decent, fully decentralized stable coins to experiment. And also they have so much USDC, especially Maker, they have mm-hmm. like 3 billion in the PSM. Like, I don't, I doubt that circle is just going to blacklist $3 billion out of nowhere. There would be way too much collateral damage. There would be some, like what I try to argue, there would be some type of agreement or unwinding for Maker and Frax. And Frax, the USDC is in Curve mainly. So they would have to blacklist Curve and then there would just be bigger problems. But that's what my argument I make in the diplomats of DeFi, like Maker and Frax are this, are like really pushing the DeFi space and stablecoin space forward with how they act and, uh, you know, coming back to the, coming back to the tornado cash thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if you remember, but Sam actually wrote a, uh, TIP, like a tornado improvement proposal, essentially saying Frax would provide full support for the creation of a Frax pool in tornado cash. Uh, Yeah. I remember I helped him write it. (laughs) I helped him write it. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. What could have been right where like Frax essentially AMOs money into the tornado cash pool. Um, I'll see probably a good thing that didn't happen <laughs> at the end of the day. I remember bad. like that. Yeah. That because I remember um, that was like early on in 2021 and, you know, looking for use cases for Frax, you know, mm-hmm. Frax is like trying to get off the ground. And so like obviously tornado cash, like really popular service at the time. Still, like, still a great support. use case. And I think so I think like, long term, the I think long term the tornado cash thing gets resolved, and that there's another version of tornado cash that comes along that allows Frax to deploy AMO funds into it. Um, yeah, I don't know I don't know how it works, but I think the legal pushback is going to be strong enough that it 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 essentially uh, allows smart contracts to run on their own without yeah. interference. Tornado cash works so well that it literally got sanctioned. Like, yeah. that's how you know it works well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Like, I think with that one bill, I wrote an article about the Toomey Act, the Toomey's Trust Act, um, where he literally writes like P2P, like sending of stable coins, of fiat, of payment stable coins. It's not, you know, it's literally the same fully as cash. Supported, yeah. Like, I think that's a really important, yeah, fully supportive. Like, that would be a win for privacy if that passes, so. You know, I, th- you know, I think like legislators are waking up. Um, I am hopeful, but we'll see what happens in the next session, uh, session of Congress. Um, next up we're in September, we're in the fall, uh, you know, leaves are changing color, falling to the ground. Um, and Stakedow launched their liquid lockers of Frax. And so, like I said, the protocols building on top of Frax, Stakedow, they've had a whitelist on Frax for a while. They also have a whitelist on Curve. You know, mm-hmm. offer a bunch of interesting yield strategies, um, such as these liquid lockers. And so, wanted to point that out. Have you used Stakedow at all? No, 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 me either. No. Um, I honestly just use like myself. 
Like I use my own, I'm, it ain't much, but it's an honest work. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's take out kind of like lost the war to yearn, but they've made a comeback in 2022 yeah. with some other various products. It seems like there's this like new curve war going on with like all these, like with staked out and yearn and convex. And the DeFi made here wrote a really good thread about it. Like mm -hmm. the VE CRV wars. So next up September, you know, July Frax and hype. And it actually ends up launching in September. Um, and with the first proposal of, you know, WPTC and WETH, um, being the supported pairs, big moment, uh, when Fraxland was released, it was the completion of the DeFi Trinity. So cool stuff. Um, any thoughts on the Fraxland launch? Oh, it was great. Really nice. I, yeah. I like all the pairs. <laughs> yeah, no, I like all the, yeah. Especially now, like they fit so well in the Frax protocol. Um, you know, all partners of Frax, whether it's like Geom or Curve, you know, S Frax E. I mean, we'll get it into that later on, but Frax, you know, Fraxland launching was definitely a big deal and still is to this day. Next up, this is kind of the, you know, going back to the whole tornado cash uh, development. Uh, I thought it was very important to have this interview about decentralization and governance, having both Amin and Samon. Amin, an absolute legend in the space, you know, founder of Moloch DAO, you know, mastermind behind Dai, you know, founder of Spang Chain, you know, really pushing the space forward on multiple fronts, both in the DAO space and stablecoin space. So this was really cool to have both in, both of them on, chop it up, and also like show respect to each other's models and stablecoins. Um, you know, there wasn't really, you know, it's funny, like people on Twitter, like fight all the time, like, oh, like you're not decentralized enough, like, oh, this and that. But like, you really saw the re respect they had for each other. What are your thoughts? Oh, great episode. Definitely worth the listen. Really enjoyed it. Dude, I remember during this interview because I was so jet lagged because I was in Ireland for a wedding. And I remember <laughs> I had to go back to my hotel. I had to go back to my hotel room from like the one, like the wedding pre-parties and stuff to like film this episode. And like, I was so tired from it. And I remember you said, it's like, like towards the end, you're like, Dave, wake up. You're sending me like the cat heavy breathing meme. And I'm just like, oh God. I'm <laughs> but I was like, I was, I think it's kind of like when you're like tired and you're driving out, if you're tired and driving, like you kind of like teach yourself how to drive at the wheel. Like if you need to drive somewhere, it's kind of like the same thing with, with podcasts. Like, you know, no matter like where you are in the world, like you got to show up. And so, you know, I think everyone performed on this interview and I think, you know, we got a lot out of it. It's great. Um, next up. Um, yeah, I, I was on such an aggressive travel binge. This is me in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> beard in full force. Um, this is one of my favorite episodes. I mean, I feel like I say this a lot of episodes. We had a lot of really good episodes this year, but zero XD two four was one of the best threaders we had on, like explained his frax bowl case very well explained, you know, what he's excited about on Arbitrum explained, you know, his bear chain thesis. Um, oh, wow. He's with tapioca down now. Interesting. Um, I just noticed that on the side, but you know, I think zero XD two four is like one of the smartest people in the space. Like, when he writes a thread, I, I listen, I stop what I'm doing and I, and I read it. Um, really good interview overall. And, um, you know, started, you know, started in TradFi, originally a TradFi guy and, uh, obviously super nice dude as well. So, you know, what do you think of this interview? Oh, it was great. I really enjoyed the, uh, 
his perspective on on uh, DeFi and you know, the threaders are always really nice to have on because they just have a wealth yeah. of knowledge to share. I'm trying to scout new threaders, but it's like you can't really match. It's really interesting because like all the threaders we found were like post Luna collapse mm-hmm. and seeing like who rose post Luna collapse. So let's see what else we got here. Next up, ah, stable saloon. This was fun. This was, um, you know, it's funny. Like us at like for my, you know, at Piff Labs, like we wanted to throw a, a stablecoin conference via flywheel, um, and like planning this thing. I've been trying to, like, I was trying to figure out this thing since June, and um, <laughs> shout out Voltron for like helping me in the clutch of this. Um, it was a really successful event. You know, we had like fifty just like stablecoin junkies show up. Um, me and are this, Drake. Are those posters? Up. Uh, yeah, it's the, uh, look at this. Ah, oh, that <laughs> should be merch. That's Frax merch right there. Those are awesome. That is Frax. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is such a gorgeous view. Like you see the Statue of Liberty, like in the background. Um, yeah, this is just really good setup over a really good talk. Um, I just remember like no one was drinking. Everybody was just like drinking water, like just like locked in and, the quality of the questions at the end was super high and we have video uh, on our YouTube channel of this talk. So, you know, if you missed it, if you're looking for some Frax Lend Alpha, Frax Alpha, get into the mind of like what the core devs are looking like, highly recommend watching that video. Did you watch, the, yeah, did you watch the video? I did. Did you, I you did edits, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What'd you think of the uh, thing? What'd you think of Stable? Oh, Stable? again, I mean, I, I talked about, I talked about Drake before. I mean, I, Drake's just, uh, a wealth of knowledge and he's a great ambassador for the Frax protocol. And next up we have the young gun, Jack Cordry, who led Frax ETH development. Um, and we had our, our next everything you need to know about what Frax is building. So this was everything you need to know about Frax ETH. Um, this was like the next big thing, especially after the merge. Cause if September merge happens, um, you know, and everyone's like, where's Frax ETH? And Frax ETH would, would release a month later, uh, but we did this interview. Actually, no, we did this interview in October and, and it launched pretty shortly after. Um, you know, this is when we learned about the two token model. Um, and so what were your thoughts on this interview? Like, how do you think Jack did? Uh, he's really doing some great stuff. And I think that he's just beginning his journey in DeFi and it's mm-hmm. going to be really cool to see how he grows over the next few years. Yeah, but and what else? Like he's gonna cook up with the Frax team. Exactly. Yeah, Frax ETH launched um, and launched around like mid October. Um, and the difference with Frax ETH, of course, and we'll get into this on another program, is how the two token model is different and actually optimizes for more yield than your standard either rebasing model or a single token that just accumulates value, but. Fraxy the launching was like huge, really big moment, huge moment. And then, um, next up we have, uh, I think this was notable, the, the Scooby Troopals, uh, development of, uh, him wanting to back, uh, have an AMO or Frax BP. So basically Frax BP backs all the USD. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, we need to do an interview right now. We need to do it. And, um, we did. We somehow set up, everyone's like all over, all over the world, literally like spanning three different continents and we somehow get it done. 
Um, there, we, the Halloween special with Scoopy Troopers. This was a fun one. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Scoopy Troopers? Oh, it was good. I mean, it was really nice. I mean, we we again like another great episode. Uh, it was great to see that here's another protocol that wants to be um, integrated with Frax. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just loved hearing about all you know Alchemex Finance's journey. Um, you know, Scoopy is someone who like really cares about the space, really cares about his protocol. Like he's very careful with his moves and like won't propose something if, you know, he didn't think it was safe or like the right thing to do. So it was like a nod of respect to Frax that he proposed that. And, you know, do you know the progress on that? On the no, we need, to get, we, need to ha- we need to do an update on that. We need to do an update on that. Next up in November, um, in the wake of FTX collapse, because it was literally a walking zombie since Luna and 3AC. DeFi functioned as usual, as normal. And Tetranode posted this really cool picture of Frax literally in the middle of <laughs> everything going on in DeFi. So, so cool. I thought this was pretty, very cool. Thanks, Tetranode. Um, also, in November, we had uh, Frax giving in New York. Um, you know, Gave a little talk for the people in the wake of FTX. I felt like something needed to be said. And also, like, I'm just waiting for the day to Arizona to sponsor me. So, Arizona, <laughs> if you're watching this, hit me up in my DMs. Um, next up, uh, we have the Frax Master account. We have the Solo Sam interview, the first one of the year. And in this one, you know, there was some conversation going on in the group chat. Honestly, like the Telegram group chat always has so much alpha, it's ridiculous. Like it's really like the source for like anything you need to know what's like on Sam's mind or like what's bubbling or, or like for Frax or around Frax. All you gotta do is pay attention to the Telegram. Um, and this is when we heard of the Fed fa- uh, master account idea. So, um, what were your thoughts on this ep- episode? And what are your thoughts on you know the master account? I mean, we're, we're yeah, yeah. I mean, we're yeah. we're plowing straight ahead into 2023 with this, with this new kind of, uh, vision for what Frax needs to do. And it's very cool. It's, it's another smart mm-hmm. decision on, on the part of Sam and, uh, hopefully mm-hmm. we can make it a reality in 2023. 2023, or at least like 2024, the latest, um, you know, one thing I really like about the Frax protocol is like, they don't make moves unless it's purposeful and it complements the other primitives in some way, whether it's like how Fraxland is constructed, how Fraxwap is constructed, you know, mm-hmm. why build Frax ETH? And so, you know, that the fact that like they are after being like very cautious about real world assets, you know, in the wake of like the collapse of Luna and also like, you know, other like kind of relationships going bust, um, the fact that they want to pursue this one says a lot. And so, you know, going to be exciting to see what happens there. We should do like more coverage of the Fed master account and education as that goes on. 100%. Um, next up, we're still in November. Um, you know, Frax ships, Frax ferry, no pun intended. And literally at this time, uh, Frax quietly expanding to all DeFi verticals, lending with Fraxland, <laughs> Dex with Frax swap, bridges with Frax ferry, liquid staking with Frax ETH and stablecoin with, of course, Frax. Um, so talk about. It's not just a trinity. It's, it's just a growth. Quintuplet. Yeah. yeah, it's a DeFi quintuplet. We're everything there. Just just wait. 2023 is going to be a big, big year. 
Yeah, Z Prime Capital just wrote uh, their fattening thesis. So instead of like the fat chain thesis, um, it's the fat app thesis, mm. and that's that's another way of saying like DeFi Trinity, but with like extra, but with more fat. <laughs> so. <laughs> And we're in December, um, you know, Fraxland launched with multiple pairs, including FXS, SFRAXETH, CVX, CRV, Geom, and others. Right now, Geom is absolutely like earning so much yield. It's glorious. I think it's at 30% right now, Last, or 20% or 30%, but I have to double check that. But, you know, people are, are like levering up on their Geom. Um, you know, what is Fraxland's uh, TVL right now? Do you know? I think it's probably in 25 million. 25 million? Yeah. You know, getting there, solid growth. Um, you know, by this time in December, you know, Frax, you know, Frax is liquid, staking derivative fully out. SFRAXETH is earning over 10% APR, um, perfectly pegged because of, you know, the curve pool and the convex influence. Um, really an ingenious system, honestly, like they really hit it out of the park with this one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I just checked. So it's uh 24.7 million. So like almost on the dot with seven, yeah. $3 million worth of collateral. One thing that will affect Fraxland a lot is just like the bullish sentiment in the market. As soon as some hopium comes back, people start taking loans again. And, uh, I think you'll see, I think every time. Every time, every, every time people never learn, never. <laughs> learn. Um, yeah. So when they want to live her up, Fraxland will be there. Yeah. I wonder if like Frax will implement curve USD's liquidation system. Cause I really like the idea of how they like re-collateralize and decollateralize. you know, it would, it makes a lot of sense and it does it very safely, but they haven't, Curve USD, CRV USD hasn't released yet. We don't know what that actually looks like. They just have it in the white paper. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any thoughts on on that or well, recommendations I'm, around Fraxland in general? Yeah, I think it works. I mean, it's I have I don't think there's been too many liquidations so far in Fraxland. Um, yeah, true. Just, just looking at the numbers right now, and. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't see any, I don't see too many liquidations, but next cycle again, like it's hard to get liquidations down here at the bottom because we don't have a ton of volatility right now. Uh, but next mm -hmm. cycle is going to be the big one. That's true. Yeah. Next cycle we'll, we'll see, you know, the stress test in action. Yeah. Um, wanted to point this out, which was, uh, the growth of Frax BP and how once it launched, you can clearly see it. Um, and it, it is a force in, you know, the curve or landscape. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just a matter of growing that more and more. And we cover that every week on Frax Check. And it's been a lot of ups and downs with that. And then, um, la well, we have two more things. We have that. Oh, there we go. And now we have the two year anniversary meetup. Two year anniversary. We had a lot of events this year for Frax. Yeah. Honestly, we literally put like, the Frax events team on her back. And it was a good meetup as well, too. I mean, yeah. Sam K came out, uh, and Sam came out, Nate, Nadar came out who, you know, you'll see him a lot on the governance forums because he's like, you know, shepherds 
governance um, and that whole process. Justin came out. Um, Justin, phenomenal dev. Shout out Justin. Um, this pull was a lot picture of fun. Of, pull the picture of uh, the flywheel team right there. Picture number four uh, uh, at the top. Yeah. It's like yeah. you and you. Uh, yeah, the whole team's there. The whole, yeah, whole squad's here. Yeah. This is a good pick of the squad. Um, a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, Frax is two years old. <laughs> I'm like, it's, it feels, I wonder, like, inst- that's like days ago. 10, that's like, yeah, that's like 20 years in stablecoin years or 10 years in stable, like one year is 10 years, I swear to God. But it's two, it made it, it's pegged. Um, and at the beginning of the year, it was just a stablecoin. Now it's a full-fledged financial system that's powered by, you know, an, a killer liquidity engine. So you actually coined that. Yeah, liquidity engine. It's where we're going again. And it's gonna. Yeah. It's really going to kick off this year. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, this year's definitely been the most exciting for Frax so far. But I, I've got a feeling that 2023 is going to be one for the books. Yeah. Um, wow. There's a lot of stuff that went on this year. Um, what do you think are like the biggest highlights? Definitely the four pool. Uh, four pool, yeah. I, I mean, Frax bringing down the entire crypto market. <laughs> and, the four uh, pools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the four pool. I mean, looking back on it, it always has to be the four pool and Doquan. Uh, and Do Kwan. yeah, you know, frack, the, the, again, like Sam tried to make himself the main character or he was, he was forced into the limelight as the main character by, Do he Kwan. was forced. Yeah. Forced. He was forced into the limelight. I guess like from a mainstream perspective, the biggest thing was the four pool because of all the media coverage, you know, Doe being the main character as mm-hmm. he was like how, you know, Luna was just take, taking everything by storm. But yeah. I think like what really stands out to me is just through all the bullshit, through all the news, like how the Frax team just put their heads down and shipped. And like you said, like they didn't go to conferences, you know, they literally just stayed in. They knew their mission. They knew what they needed to do. And they went beyond, I said this at the beginning, they went beyond expectations. And, yeah. uh, you know, literally like first thread with Andrew Kang, like how Frax is the central bank of DeFi. Later on, you see like the Fed master account and Sam, like how do can we, emu- how could we be the central bank of DeFi? We should emulate like what's going on in the real world with, What's the risk-free rate in the real world? Well, it's the Fed Master account, um, and it really it shocks me. Like, I guess I shouldn't be shocked, but there is no education about like Fed Master accounts. Like, no one knows what it is. Even people in finance that I thought would know what it is, they don't know what it is. It's it's a difficult one. I mean, it's again like the uh, the politics and managing of the U.S. dollar is, is deep and complex and. Uh, only a few people really understand what's happening there, but we're going to try next year to educate everyone about that and uh, bring some better understanding about how uh, the dollar and money actually works. Yeah. We're going to go full stable here at flywheel. So be prepared. <laughs> if you're curious about stable coins, stick around, come, you've come to the right place. Um, Seth, what are you most excited about for next year with Frax? Uh, what am I most excited about? I think the, it just like, Again, like I, we talked about the predictions. I think I think there's some sort of curve recovery, and uh, that's going to be the big driver for next year. Is some something is coming to curve that we don't know about? Maybe it's like one of those bank coins which hasn't been launched yet, or something else. But it's 
there has to be something coming to curve. Uh, it's it's a place to be, and uh, the competition is going to get kicked off again. We can't have a, a non-curve competitor for forever, right? What, do you think like there'll be a new AMM? You're saying? No, it's not. It's not even AMM. I think like the decks. Like I think we're fully mature in in dexes. Like we don't need more dexes. Mm -hmm. We we need more. We need more assets and more liquidity, and liquidity mm -hmm. has to either come from like. The liquidity has to come from somewhere, right? So I think like there could be a USDC competitor that comes along uh, once that stablecoin bill comes, because like let's just assume like banks can issue their own stablecoins and distribute mm -hmm. them on crypto, and they want to distribute them on crypto networks. Uh, you know, maybe you have a couple of different coins which appear on Curve, right, and now get paired against Frax uh, in the in as a meta pool, right? I, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely has to be something. There has to be a new uh, new project which attracts a lot of growth and is able to compete yeah. in the in the stablecoin wars. Yeah. Do you do you think this happens? Yes or no? Uh, another project gets a curve whitelist next year. At least one project gets a curve whitelist next year. Uh, I don't know. I don't see how that happens because essentially, like C two TP is the kingmaker, and you know, I, Convex doesn't have enough funds to to do a takeover like they did of, of Frax, of other protocols. So, like, why would they allow another protocol to come in? I mean, again, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there's some deal that they could cut or something. Like, you can always, like, mm -hmm. bribe your way into having things. Um, you know, Convex bribed their way into existence. And, you know, Frax bribed Fried their way into existence. <laughs> it was true. I mean, like, Convex, they bootstrapped their way. Yeah. No, no, they bribed. They, I don't know if you remember the, the vote on Curve, but uh, Convex was the second whitelist ever on Curve. The first was uh, uh, Wi Fi. Yearn. Yeah, Wi Fi. Yeah. And, and, and Convex's thing, Convex was like, look, we're going to airdrop everybody if you just whitelist us got a huge airdrop plan we're going to do this then the other and they won and uh you know they were able to take over from there very smart mm -hmm. yeah i know they executed beautifully on their mission um the thing i'm most excited about next year um really excited to see them scaling out their primitives especially their winning ones such as frax mm -hmm. ETH and fraxland um you know expanding the you know frax's footprint just like a little bit more, a little bit more, getting like a little bit notice, um, you know, hoping that, you know, I think like Fraxeed could like really lead the way in that regard, especially with like the rise of LSDs as a mm -hmm. narrative. Um, and then Fed Master Account, if they can like get that, that would be huge news as well. Yeah. But remember, I mean, we have, yeah. we have an imminent end of like 2023 roadmap coming from the Frax team. So maybe that's today, yeah. maybe that's tomorrow. And we'll have maybe Frax BTCs on there, yeah, or Eigenlayer. Who knows? Eigenlayer, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, we'll save that for the Frax team. And um, wow, this is a long. I, I didn't. I thought this was gonna be way shorter, but this ended up being an hour and a half. There was a lot to cover. There's a lot. There, there's a lot that happened this year, and we got through like all the most important highlights. And to all our listeners and viewers at home or wherever you are, thank you for being with us this year at Flywheel. Uh, could not appreciate you more. It's been a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun things coming for 2023. If you want to keep up with everything that's going on, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, that bell button, 
let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know uh, how you think of how we're doing. Uh, please leave a comment below. Give us a like. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FlywheelPod. Hit us up on Telegram. Join our group. The conversation at FlywheelPod. You can follow me on Twitter at DeFiDave22. And you can find me at Traders underscore Insight. And we'll see you next year. We're out. Peace.